In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's more listener emails surrounded by help, marriage help. I'm kind of struggling with what to call these so it doesn't seem like the same one. But we'll be right back on the other side. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q, digging it down in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. Honey, say what's up? What's up? That was good. You didn't say it exactly like me, but you said it. So that's good news. Uh, just real quickly, why do I say that I'm your humble servant? Um, audience, I know you can't like technically answer, but why do I say that? I say it because that is who I am for you, and that is why some of these emails that come through, if I feel like they can legitimately help a, the person who wrote it, and B, help you, the listener, um, then I think it's very, very important that I give it to you. But to do this podcast is really pay it forward. For all uh, that Coach Rita put into Jeannie and I, for all that Jeannie put in, for all that I put in so that we can make this relationship what it has become. And that's why I'm here to serve you as an audience. And um, we're going to do more of these, probably four, three, four, five um, of these episodes. I don't want you to get burned out, listener, but I do want you to know that if you have a situation going on in your marriage, you are not alone. We get emails from people. Um, some of the, the emails, one that, you know, they, they talk about issues. Some of it is just, you know, boyfriend girlfriend situation some is like fiance some is marriage some you know people are married for four years some 10 years some more and I believe these uh give the listener an opportunity like the 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 jack who wrote this particular email today I think it's going to give him an opportunity to listen to it from outside of the frame, because that's one of the big things that Jeannie and I will talk about. It's hard to see the picture when you are standing in the frame. You have to step out of your situation, get some new perspective, and hear it from somebody else. So you're listening to this email today that I'm going to read from this particular Jack. Take it in. Listen to it. There are some valuable lessons. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read it out loud, and then Jeannie and I are going to discuss it in an open format just to get how we feel about this situation. We're going to do like some real-time dialogue, right, honey? Mm-hmm. And how do, you, how do you feel that goes for the listener? How do you, what do you think happens there? How does it help? I mean, does it, does it help you get an understanding? I mean, just you and I understanding each other more when we read these, or what, what value do you see in them? Yeah, I think it gives us an opportunity to um, give you a live response from, you know, just the, the first response, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, and rather than um, a scripted, here's bullet points. It's it's a conversation rather than um, a, a bullet point or a slideshow that we could give to somebody to say, okay, well, this is where we see the issue is, and this is what we would do. I think listening to somebody else's stuff and then remembering, you know, oh yeah, well we might have gone through that, or I remember when we had this. I think it just it it helps us and it it helps them. Yeah, I, I agree. So, and look, when you when you we've um, we even granted one of our listeners, you know who you are, Jack. Of course, Jack is not his name, but we promised to refer to the guys and gals as Jack and Jill to keep them anonymous. You know who you are. We finally got the, you know, we finally made it a point to one of these particular listeners to do a video call. And there's so, it's so much more powerful when you can do a video call because email only goes so far with you trying to explain yourself. You can't get inflections. You can't hear 
like what people, what guys are saying about their relationship. And in this particular call, um, you know, Gene and I were able to talk to this guy, and uh, he's a good dude. He's a great dude. Mm -hmm. He has the best intentions for his wife and his children and his family. But like me, and probably like you, brother, brothers out there, great ideas, poor execution. <laughs> and, you know, it, that that's not just particular to the guys. No. The gals do the same thing, you know. But we were on the call, and it was great because he had some definitive aha moments. So I, I believe that we will be able to help him and his family move forward. We don't claim to be PhDs. We don't claim to be professionals. We've just been married, you know, on our 23rd year. We've also been through hell. Hmm. A few times. Yeah. <laughs> and we're still here. You know, the fire has refined us. It hasn't consumed us. And part of that was due to choice. And those choices kind of come down to you being willing to send an email so that we can take a look at your situation, not give you all the answers, but just give you a different side of the perspective. So with that, this particular Jack here, um, I know, you know, whenever, whenever I get these emails, unless you tell me in the email or unless you tell Jeannie in the email, Jeannie and I share everything. Okay. That's just the way it is. If you ask it, if you ask, you know, this is just for your eyes only, Quincy, um, you know, I'll respect that. And we'll always respect your anonymity as well. It is, it's just our commitment um, to doing so. So, you know, this particular guy, um, man, I, whenever y'all email the show, even if I don't read them out loud, whenever y'all email the show, I, I have such respect for you. Um because you're not willing to just take the status quo. You're actually, you are actually going to do something different. You are endeavoring to make a difference, to become different, to do something better. So I just want to, I just want to honor, you know, you guys and gals when you send emails, because man, it is, uh, it's really something to, to admire from my side of the microphone. Anyway, um, I've rambled on for several minutes. Forgive me, listenership, but They're there was just to you. yeah, I guess they are. Okay, uh, this email goes like this, and I did let Jack know that I would put this out there so he could hear it from his perspective. <clears throat> Hello, my name is Jack, uh, but would like to stay anonymous to the listeners. You are granted, my man. You are granted. I've been listening to your podcast for about two and a half weeks now. I've learned a lot while I've been listening to it at work, while working out, and while driving around. A man after my own heart already, because mm -hmm. that's the way I listen to podcasts. I'm on episode 73. You're a freaking stud. You are consumer of the month. <laughs> um, that's the reason why I started was because my wife of four years, we've been together for eight, has been going to online counseling for about five weeks now. And on the third week of it, I joined in and was informed that she was no longer happy with our marriage and thought she would be better off alone as a mother and a person, which absolutely blindsided me. That is absolutely a red flag, obviously. That yeah. goes without saying. Um, when you have uh, an intimate relationship and all of a sudden it's like, I think I'd just be better off alone. When we read this initially, that set off a red flag to me. I know it set off a red flag to you, um, but I'll keep reading. Um, I know that she said in the past she wasn't happy, but I always thought it was more of a boredom thing than a deep emotional unhappiness because she told me more in passing conversation than sitting me down and making me aware of it in a hard talk. I also don't believe there is any infidelity happening, 
which honestly would make me angrier, but at least I would have a concrete answer as to her thinking. But I won't get into that. We have one two-and-a-half-year-old and another one on the way in July. As far as our roles in our household, she's the breadwinner, and I work but have an hourly job, which provides flexibility to pick up our daughter uh, from daycare when there's a COVID outbreak or whatever, as well as watch her on Fridays when we don't have childcare. At home, the cooking and housework falls on my shoulders because her job is very demanding and sometimes she doesn't get home until late. And on the weekends, she sleeps in very late, sometimes until 1 or 2 in the afternoon. I've always been a person without real ambitions and have gone with the flow, very easygoing, but also willing to fight for things I'm passionate about. Since hearing during the online counseling just how unhappy she was, I've been taking strides to be a better listener as well as a better person by making goals for myself, unplugging when talking to her, working out again, and even starting my own handyman business to gain more self-fulfillment. Unfortunately, there's a shortage of babysitters in our area, and we have just been so busy that we haven't really had a date night in a while. Doubled with the fact that our daughter hasn't been sleeping well, so... We've been exhausted by the time she finally goes to sleep. It is just difficult to get us time. Today we had a marriage counseling meeting, and she told me flat out that she wants to separate and that she is no longer in love with me. I'm absolutely devastated. And I told her that I'm still all in. But based on her reaction and her demeanor, in general, I think it's probably too late. She says that she feels like she would be better off on her own, and I just don't understand or agree with that feeling at all. Of course, I know she's her own person, and she's entitled to her own opinions, but I just don't get it. I don't want to give up, because I know I can be a better person. I know that we can get back to where we were when we said our vows, and even better than that since we have so many more experience as well as two kids since then. And I want to be a constant in our children's lives. A little side note, she is pregnant and struggles with depression. So I'm sure that plays a little role in her decision. Plus, from that online counseling session, I thought the counselor was a bit out there. That may be, they may, that may be neither here nor there but more of just an observation from me. I'm just dizzy from this whole thing and at a loss and honestly very upset, heartbroken, and just need someone to vent to. I'm trying not to reach out to family because of one of your episodes where you talked about keeping the relationship between us too, but I'm struggling here. Any help would be appreciated, even if it is quite blunt in saying that I'm the one to blame. I'm aware I could have started truly listening to her and her feelings a lot sooner, but any advice would be great. Thank you. Love the show, even if th things don't end up working out in my situation. So there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack in there. And, you know, Jack, I'm just going to tell you, because um, I assume you're listening to this episode, that you're not alone, dude. I'm also going to tell you, and Jeannie can, you know, correct me if she disagrees, which you have full authority to do so. You know that already. That it really, really takes two people to allow a marriage to break down. Well, that's what I was thinking. You couldn't have been totally blindsided because a person doesn't just wake up one morning and decide, I think I'm better off alone and I'm going to go be a mom by myself. Speaking from experience... It takes time to get that miserable or to feel that alone or to feel like you're unappreciated. Now, I'm not saying that that's what he's done or that that's how she feels. I'm saying that's generally what happens when people decide they want to go their own way is there's a resentment there. There's a hurt there. There's something that 
Um, you know, and then the fact that he says at the end, I know I should have been listening to her sooner. You already knew then, if that's the case and that's how you feel and this is what you're telling us, then you're acknowledging the fact that you weren't paying attention when she was telling you something was wrong. So I don't agree you were blindsided. And, I, and I'm not... I'd, I'd, I'd push back on that. I, I would push back on that for this reason. Because you can hear if things are told to you in passing, but you're both extremely busy and you're both caught up in life and there's A, B, and C said and, and you're... You're not really taught to be aware of some of these things. I mean, I don't know what kind of pre-married, you know, instruction they had. I don't know what kind of pre-relationship. But that's my point. If they weren't paying attention to each other. Yeah. Then you knew there was a problem. You were choosing not to pay attention to it. You and I have been down this road where life gets so busy that we start noticing after a couple of weeks. We just had this aha a few months back. Of life is getting busy. Work is becoming too much. Kids have things going on. And all of a sudden we realize we're not having our conversations like we used to. We're not having date night like we used to. We're getting sucked into TV. Our sex life has become routine rather than, you know, explosive. You Those things don't just happen. That's accumulated over time. So they've both chosen not to acknowledge it somewhere in this. Whether you're busy or not, your spouse is your primary. Now, what you're saying, though, what you're saying to me was not us before we started improving our marriage. Agreed. But that's what I'm saying. You and I were at the point of either we shit or we get off the pot. Yeah. This is the same spot that he's in right now. That, that's what this ultimatum is right now is she wants to be by herself. So this is a shit or get off the pot moment. What I'm saying is you knew something was wrong. It wasn't being addressed. You allowed life to take over and not address what was going on. You and I did the same thing for 10 years. I know, but realizing that's happening, that can like lull you to sleep in your relationship because we didn't really identify together there was an issue until we had we were at that marriage conference and we both rated our marriage but i knew there was an issue with me okay that's why i started counseling before you and i started counseling together which she's doing the same thing now coming to the conclusion after two weeks of counseling that you need to be by yourself i don't agree with that I would definitely seek out a second opinion as far as counseling goes simply because anyone that I've come across who is a true counselor, unless there was abuse involved or infidelity, I have never had anyone say, you need to be on your own and you need to leave Quincy. And we've, we've talked to more than just Rita. Rita just happened to be the one that was able to get through to what was really going on. Yeah. But, it just doesn't seem right to me. And yeah. again, this is my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I don't have all the the schooling behind it. But just me personally, if the person's job as a counselor is to help you reconcile, to help you identify, and to help you um, work through or process through whatever it is is going on, I don't see why they would tell you to separate from your spouse. Now, maybe the counselor didn't and, and his wife just made that decision on her own and thought this is going to be too much work, so I'm just going to take the easy out. I don't know. I'm not there. However, on his side of things, if she wants the separation, there are a few things to consider here. There are children involved. So... It's not as simple as you just to get go off and be a single mom. Unless he chooses to bow out of his children's life. And that doesn't sound like that's where he's headed. No, he so he said here that he wants to be a constant within his children's life. Exactly. So I would suggest, and virtual counseling to me, it works to a degree but me personally, I like to be in front of the person because then you kind of, like he said, the person seemed a little off. I need to be one-on-one -on -one with you in a room because I need to figure out what my gut's telling me. 
I don't trust you right off the bat. Anybody, doesn't matter who you are. I don't trust you right off the bat. So to have someone come in and just say, do this, do this, do this. Even with Rita, I pushed back a lot. And I trust Rita wholeheartedly, but I still pushed back and questioned and asked and did things that, you know, I don't think that this is going to work for me. I would, I don't think that this is acceptable to where I'm at right now. I'm not in this place, but I am willing to do X, Y, and Z. There has to be some kind of trust built there before you just take someone's advice, even from us. We're just giving you our experience and, and what we've been through. Doesn't mean that everything that we say is exactly how it needs to go in your life. We've taken our tools, we've gained from other people and said, okay, this works for us, this part doesn't, maybe we should tweak this here. And we've made those things fit us so that we could communicate better and what works better in our situation. Yeah, We've never been at this place Outside of either we get a divorce or we don't, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. That was our come to Jesus moment of, okay, we definitely need to seek out something here. Yeah. So I I guess my advice on this one would be see if she's willing to continue the counseling as a couple a little while longer before making that decision because a separation requires two people to agree with a child. Well, there's there's a lot more that's gone on, but I'm I just want to make the distinction here that I, while I understand what you're saying that there were there were signs, doesn't mean you saw them. I I don't I disagree with you. I guess is what I'm saying that he couldn't be blindsided because when you have just multiple factors that are requiring a large demand of time, which is work. She works. She's stressed. There's a lot of work going on. She sleeps through the weekend. Um, And then your child is not sleeping. And he's like, he seems to be, you know, the primary uh, care role. And then, um, you know, she is battling some, you know, depression. But see, I would question that, though, too. I'm, I'm not picking on him at all. I'm thinking... Why is her job so demanding? Why is she getting to do all... And Okay, hear me in this because I was the at-home parent. Say it ugly. Go ahead. While you were working. Yeah. At what point does he become important? Yeah. Your job is demanding. You're making the, the bulk of the income. I understand that. Okay. You're tired. You've been working all week. You're exhausted. You're dealing with depression. I understand all of that. Been there, done that. However, while you were doing all of those things, I was at home with the kids doing my work, doing what I was responsible for and the things that I had agreed to do, dealing with my own depression. When did I become priority? When did I matter? That's a very lonely place to be in a relationship to think that your spouse is so damn busy that you don't count and you don't matter. Well, so I'm, you know, and just looking at that, I mean, you can both be lonely. That's just it. It's a two-sided coin. But at what point, who makes the change? Right. Well, I mean, and that's and that's the thing, you know, for like when I was going out and I was doing all these extracurricular things and trying to I was desperate to make money um because I what I heard you your frustrations coming out as was that we didn't have enough. Mm-hmm. And I took that as my responsibility. Um, but I was looking, I was looking for some affirmation. I was seeking positive affirmation, words of affirmation. And if I would get out there and accomplish something, then I would finally affirm to myself. It's almost like in Rocky, you know, as, as long as I'm still standing after the bell, I'm not a bum, you know. But when because I was not getting it at home, mm-hmm. so I was unknowingly as this unraveled as it kind of all came out i was out seeking these things um because i needed this these positive affirmations to make me feel like i was somebody mm-hmm. i wasn't getting them at home you were lonely i mean i was lonely cuz i was out there working you know i'm doing what i think is right 
in order to take care of my family. I feel like I'm failing at it. Um, and then I'm lonely in that way. You're lonely in that way. I'm the kind of guy that will make short-term sacrifices. Relationship-wise, I'm not as willing to do that anymore. Hmm. But I'll make short-term sacrifices for long-term gain. But we were both in a place where we had our needs were screaming, but we were not talking about it. And this is clearly this particular situation here. One thing I don't want to do is as we talk through this, Jack, please, even the other listeners, I, we got to thicken our skin. We're talking about this situation in order to get our head wrapped around it. What we understand is that we have your perspective and your email, and it, it is somewhat limited in context. But we're talking through it. I don't want you to get, you know, pissed and, and kind of shut the radio off and walk away. These are just, this is just us processing this in, these, in an open discussion. These are questions that we would have now or that Rita would have posed to us. Yeah. When we were going through this, Rita had many, many, many questions. Yeah. And um, that's that's what we're doing is processing it out with, um, you know, have these things been discussed? What about these things that were going on? Yeah. Have you looked at those things? Where's the filter at in this situation? Where's the, where did the resentment start or the, or the, um, the divide come from? Because you said you'd. You've been together for eight years. You've been married for four. So clearly you guys have had a pattern of how your relationship works. Right. So was it, you know, when kids happened, is that when things started changing? Was it before kids happened? I, I don't know the background to this, but like with us, it wasn't just it all of a sudden happened. It was a series of things over the course of a couple of years and then life just kept kicking us in the balls, so we didn't get a chance to really, we didn't focus on what was wrong with you and me. We focused on how do we make sure that the kids have food on the table and a roof over our head, and we'll get to us when we can. Unfortunately, much like this situation sounds like, that's where the rubber met the road, and it was like, okay, either we figure this thing out, yeah. or we're basically just roommates sharing a house. And, and, you know, what is apparent is there were some warning signs that he saw that he didn't address because he he himself thought it was from something else not really you know from not something so serious you know maybe out of boredom as opposed to just out of loneliness which we've talked about in some episodes before you know these things begin to compound or they grow and they sprout other types of issues well and being a mom it changes what you can and can't do and how often you go out and how, what it takes to go out. And yeah, you know, just hanging out with your friends is not just hanging out with your friends. There's a baby in tow. And, um, you know, and, and so if there's a lesson for any of us and all of us, not just you, Jack, because I know you are going through hell right now. It's heart wrenching to read this email. I'm telling you it, it hurts my heart for you for your wife, for your family, it really does. But a lesson that can be absolutely taken away, whether this relationship is not too far gone and can be saved, or, you know, God forbid, this relationship ends, we cannot take things in our life for granted. Not who we are, not you know, as far as becoming the best version of who we can be. And sometimes it takes a life-altering situation for that switch to be flipped in us and to no longer take things for granted. I'm, st I'm sitting here telling you as a person who took things for granted. So I don't, I'm not saying it to be condemning and condescending i'm saying it because i have been guilty of the same thing now what we've said in the past too is that it really takes two people willing to move forward on this relationship one of my chief concerns when reading this originally 
is that, and I told Jeannie this when I originally read it, is that it seemed like there may be someone else involved in this. Um, that was my my first concern. I didn't have any information to that, just kind of reading it, and then for somebody to kind of... I know this is like coming out of the blue, but I read it all in an email. I don't, you know, over the course of time, when did this begin? But when somebody says they're going to be better off alone. Yeah, sometimes you question, is there someone else or someone influencing it? Or is there something that they would rather, is there something they would rather have different in their life? And that's what they're looking for right now. Yeah. So here's, you want to hear my response? Sure. I mean, you just gave your response, basically. I'm gonna. I'm just going to read my email response. Uh, my man, thank you for reaching out. First, I want to say my heart goes out to you, your wife, your family. I commend you and respect you for having the courage to reach out and open up. And that's real talk. As you know, mine and Jeannie's marriage was cert- has certainly been through some serious adversity, so we're absolutely rooting for you. We want to help you. Based on what I'm reading... You have begun quite a transformation. Let me pause right there. I know the transformation maybe started later. Not maybe. The transformation started later than it should have. But you have my respect for doing it. Just don't allow it to be temporary. It's a lesson for all of us. This is one of my core philosophies. Don't do enough to get by. Do enough to get better. And that's a daily philosophy from me to you. So I commend you on making the change straight away. Let it be for the best cause. Let it be for something. Um... You've begun quite a transformation, and by all accounts, the situation has caused something in you to rise up and fight for what you love. The desire to save your relationship, to be a better version of yourself, through challenging yourself mentally, physically, and even professionally. That's certainly commendable. And win, lose, or draw, never lose that. I know that sounds cliche. I believe it will be be key in becoming the man you desire to be. Now, this is going to sound really stupid since you've listened to 73 episodes of me. You know by now that I'm an analogy guy, so don't think I'm making light of your situation. Have you ever heard of the analogy, how do you eat an elephant? The problems noted below would be just that, if they were an animal. The way you handle it is simply one bite at a time. There are a few key areas to get your mind wrapped around. Number one, what brought this relationship together? Example, Gene and I had a ton of fun laughing, had a lot in common, and wanted a family. Number two, what are your wife's top three to four needs? Example, Jeannie needs to feel like she matters, like she's a priority, that she is safe, and that she can provide means for our children. Number three, what are your needs? I think as guys, aside from sex, we don't always think about what our real needs are. You know, physically, mentally, emotionally, guys need sex. It's part of that testosterone drive. Uh, So do we. Yeah, I know you girls (laughs) need it too. Come on. Uh, Number four, Make getting time alone with your wife mission critical. Red alert. Meet her during the day away from work. Look into a nanny service, daycare service. Reach out to a local church and request some contacts for babysitters. And make a way to get her away from the home and work and and the home work and, and reality to get some focused conversation based around one and two noted above. I type 4A. What did I do that? Oh, 4 and 4A. Okay, I get myself now. <laughs> if there is no babysitting options, jump into action. Building a mini area in the backyard if you have one. Gene and I bought a fire pit from the Home Depot. Ha, ha, ha. And use your getaway for focus time. 
I know this depends on her willingness to join you for a lunch date, uh, night, or a backyard getaway. Ask your wife to set some appointment time weekly for you both to engage here. Number five, keep venting to Jeannie and I as an outlet. Number six, observe during counseling her chief frustrations. As for detail, as in, I hear you saying you feel you would feel better off alone. Why do you feel that way? That way, and why do you feel that way? And what does that look like? I'm not trying to oversimplify anything, I assure you. Just working to grasp ideas. Is, uh, is it depression? Is it resentment? Is it disappointment talking? Etc. Number seven, do your best not to overwhelm her with the new you. Be methodical. Use words, but allow your actions to speak the loudest. Too much too soon. Um, the too much too soon effect can happen. Lastly, I'd be interested to hear about this counselor. Neither Jeannie or I are professionals or counselors. I'd just be interested to hear what this counselor has to say or what your take is. Finally, how's your child doing? Child, sorry. How are you as a dad handling this? You have the Quincy Moran guarantee that you will remain anonymous. And then if you'd like, we can do a show about this, keep you anonymous and talk to the story and give you a chance to hear it from an outside perspective. And then we can talk about it in an open discussion type format, as well as give some dialogue for how to approach uh, some of this uh, using our relationship as an example, which we have done. Again, proud of you t for taking steps and going all in. We are here to be your sounding board. All my best, the Q Dog. So that was that was my response. Now, the the next few emails, I'm not going to share until I get his downright permission to do so. Got it. But there is more to the story, and. If there's any lesson for you guys that are out there listening, for our girls that are out there listening, for our men and women, if we can learn from Jack in this situation, um, if we can learn from mine and Jeannie's situation, and the countless marriages that we've talked to and that we interact with is do not take your relationship for granted. We know that life gets busy. We've been in the fog. Before counseling, we were in the fog. We were surviving. We were in survival mode, full-scale operation. After counseling, after a year of counseling, we got better, but we still took some things for granted. Five years into counseling or post-counseling, we were getting better, but we still got our butt kicked. Um, just when you think you know it all, life has a way of saying, well, have you tried this yet? Um, after a decade of counseling, Jeannie and I were in a really tight spot at one point. You could go back and listen to it. Um, I think it was episode nine or 10. Um, you know, she was, you know, becoming more recluse. Is that the word? Yeah. And, um, you know, I was overthinking it, overanalyzing it. And really it was hurting me emotionally which was crazy. But with that being said, lesson number one here is don't take your relationship for granted. Don't allow life to cause you to go through the motions, something we're all guilty of. When you hear your spouse mention that they're unhappy or something that sounds like they're lonely or something that sounds like something out of the ordinary, and your gut says, oh, what does that mean? Use the phrase, hey, honey, I heard you say this. What does that look like? Or can you help me understand? And open a discussion about it. Chances are you both have needs screaming like subconscious needs that you're ignoring or you don't know how to voice, you have needs. And unless you start to create healthy dialogue around that, 
you will both start to create a chasm that you may not be able to put back together. So it's absolutely imperative. If you look at some of some of the things, some of the, the, the ingredients that have gone into this from Jack, you know, he's like, um, I was listening. I, what, I, what, I talk, what I took from it, I was listening, but I wasn't hearing her. His wife was working long hours. His baby wasn't sleeping. Now, he was taking the brunt of the household things. He was taking the, you know, the brunt of taking care of their daughter, which is all admirable. Stand up. Where does the family need you? 100-100. Stand in where you can. Um, but while he was addressing those issues, his intimacy, his relationship with his wife, things drifted apart. Over the course of what time, I don't know. But these are just things that you should look at. And then he's a very easygoing guy, a go-with-the-flow guy. But if you go back to what initiated this relationship, have you forgotten those things? Have you taken those things for granted? Have they gone? Have they disappeared? And now you're just going through the motions day to day. I don't, I don't believe any of us ever appreciate being taken for granted. And maybe in this situation, he took his wife for granted and she mm -hmm. took him for granted. I was going to say, I, I would lean the other direction on this one. And that's, that's just outside looking in. You don't have a family to let one person raise it. I agree. And you don't expect your spouse to carry all that weight while you just... I, I don't think it's fair. And this is just me. I don't think it's fair because as an at-home mom... In the beginning, when you went out to work, my, th my thought was, you get to leave. You get to go out and socialize and talk to other people and do things amongst the living. I am in baby land. And I am, I am stuck. Wherever I go, I have babies. Now, of course, I had more than one, so it was a little different for me. But I was wanting adult conversation, intimate conversation. I was wanting the affirmation that I was doing a good job because God knows I was doing a lot. But it just felt like you weren't happy. And I wasn't happy. And why am I doing all this if you're not going to be happy about it? You know, you know it's kind of... I'm trying to look at it from both sides of the spectrum here yeah. because... Me personally, I take offense when you're gone too long or you're working too hard or if you're you're not working but you're home and your phone's going off or your computer's in your face and I'm trying to talk to you and you're like this because you're trying to answer an email, I take that personally because I don't matter at this moment. But yet I'm standing right here trying to have a conversation with you. But damn that phone rang and you have to answer it. That to me is telling me I don't matter. So if you're working long hours and you're coming home late and your go-to is to say goodnight to your kids and go to bed and go get up the next morning and do it again, I'm. I, where's my acknowledgement in all yeah. of this? You know, you get to sleep on the weekends because you work all week. Well, what the hell do you think I've been doing all week? Fair. You know, it's it's not... I don't want the listeners or Jack to feel like we're slamming just his side of things. There's two sides to a coin. There's three parts of the story, his, hers, and what really happened. Now, I don't know her side, but I can tell you from being on his side, when you're gone too long, when we don't have real conversations, if there's no connection or any... Um, you're not pursuing me in any way, shape, or form, or it doesn't feel like you're pursuing me in any way, shape, or form, I've just become the nanny. I don't freaking matter. I'm just the nanny. I'm raising your kid while you go do what you do. Then to come home and say, I'm better off by myself, and I'm going to take the kid with me. I've got some serious questions going on in my head, and, and I'm, I'm just taking it from the perspective of if this was me, I'm raising your kid. Where the hell are you going to take her? Who's going to raise my kid 
if you remove me from the equation. Yeah. And who gave you permission to remove me from the equation? I I would have lots of questions. Why is this on me and why is it my fault when when did you stop working or change your work hours to make adjustments? Or when did you decide that maybe you don't need to sleep in all the time and you need to spend time with me? Or when did you make a plan to go out on a date? We've had that conversation many times. Yeah. There are so many variables in this particular situation that we don't know. But just from where we've been and how we felt going through it and how we had to process what changes need to be made and how do we do this so that both parties feel like our needs are being met and so that we both recognize and acknowledge we matter to each other. This is a marriage. We chose to be married. Mm -hmm. I chose to love you. I didn't just get up one day and suddenly I love you. I chose and every day I choose it again and again and again. It's not just an automatic. It's not something that you've earned. It is something that I have chosen to do. Right. Well, if you've made that choice, then how much do you value that decision? And what are you willing to put into that decision to make it work? I I just didn't, I, I don't want listeners or Jack to feel like or think that we're just slamming him and what he missed guys this isn't relationships aren't a one-sided thing Mm -hmm. it's not just what did i miss and why is this happening to me what did she miss what part did she play in this there there is never just a one side situation unless there is an abuse situation or an infidelity those are two totally different scenarios then there is definitely an at-fault situation but when it comes to this kind of stuff i mean you got to look at it from the other person's shoes. I I don't know that she's looking at his side. And I just reading his email, I don't think he understood her side. But doesn't sound like there was any give on either end. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know we're missing plenty of context. Um, but the things you can appreciate from what he's saying um, is that he immediately went into becoming a better man mode and that's respectable and that's kind of the lesson i step back to you know to say let's not wait till it gets there let's not let's not wait till the heart attack to really start living our life and right now you know i'm really talking to myself let's not wait let me not wait anymore on some catastrophic situation before I really turn out and go do the things that I was made to do. And when it comes to your, you know, mine and Jeannie's relationship, you know, we're both, we're, we're both Christians. We, we have faith in God and we, you know, we believe that this relationship was ordained. So, you know, honoring each other is paramount Mm -hmm. and honoring the gift that God gave us is paramount. So, you know, that, just looking at that, it, we have, I would say there are plenty of marriages that are that have been in a situation similar to this. Um, and that's why I say, that's why I'm saying the things that I have said to this point. While we have a limited view of what the total scope of this is, based on what, what we read and what we're understanding with as much context as we have, you know, it's extremely important that we don't take our relationships for granted. We don't take, you know, our our jobs, our health, there, none of those things. We just don't take them for granted. And then when you begin to hear or if you sense, you know, something in your spouse, then it's time to talk about it. But we, it's, you know, you've heard me say if you've listened to these um these episodes for any amount of time we got to live on purpose for a purpose and that has been confusing to some people and the reason i say that is because you have to do things with great intention you have to do it with intentionality do it intentionally and then intentionally make it about something that is what that purpose is for so what is that purpose? You know, when I'm doing things um, for Jeannie, 
it's because I know she's communicated her needs to me. And I want to assure that there are needs that can come from me and that are meeting her needs and making her feel a certain way. It's extremely important. That's what this, you know, that's part of what this union is about. And so to kind of close this out, um, I hope like heck that we've been able to give some kind of perspective. And Jack said, if, you know, whatever it is, if it's blunt, let it be blunt, even if it's my fault, because he wants to find something tangible so that he can fix it. And I, and I understand that because you want a reason you want, you want something to look at and say, okay, even if it's me, I really don't care. I just want to take this. I want to fix it. I want to put it back where we desired for it to be so that we can progress forward. I mean, he even went as, he even went as far as like starting a side business Yeah. and he, his ambition came back and I admire that whether it's late or not. Is it too little too late? Only time will tell. But anything you invest into this newfound desire to become the you you believe you can be. I've said this before. The world deserves that version of you. You deserve that version of you. And your loved ones in this life deserve that version of you. So continue to pour your time and effort in that. It's something that you know, you as a father, let's say, God forbid, y'all completely separate, you divorce, and you go on your, your different ways aside from your children. You want to be that constant in your children's lives. So freaking do it. Freaking do it all the way. Don't allow these terrible situations to disempower you. And I know it's easier said than done. And that's why we're here. Continue to vent to us. And Jack, I'm not going to release any of these other communications unless you give me express written consent, and I will release them anonymously, and uh, we'll go from there. Otherwise, that's all for this particular episode. Anything left to say? Nope. Jack, I'm speaking to you. Keep your chin up. I know this will sound dopey, but uh, Rocky Balboa says it, and I agree with it. Keep punching. Keep going forward. We are here for you. Um, grace and peace be multiplied to you, bro. I am rooting for you. Jeannie and I are rooting for you. Go out there and get it done. She's Jeannie. I'm Quincy. We are the Morans, and this is Man versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself. It's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.